Welcome to Book Talk for Book Talk, the literary podcast where we have been deep diving into your favorite novels. This is Jack. And I'm Amy. And our listeners love to share their thoughts and theories via email and voicemail, so we're sharing some of them via our weekly mini episodes. The views expressed by the hosts and listeners are entirely their own and in no way represent the thoughts or intentions of the original author. This podcast is a discussion, shared to spark thought and conversation on the characters and themes of this novel. Spoilers may be discussed with or without warning. Explicit language, as well as themes of sex, violence, abuse, death, and depression will recur throughout this podcast. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to our mini episode series. During each mini, we'll be reading listener feedback and theories, as well as discussing all things Sarah J. Mass, including her Akatar, Crescent City, and Throne of Glass series. All right, are you ready? I am. I am so excited to do another round of TikTok theories. TikTok theories. TikTok theories. There are so many <laughs> to go through, and let's get into it. Okay. The first one is by Emily's Theories on TikTok. And it's basically about Nesta Archeron's true powers and how they're only just the beginning. Dun, dun, dun. So as of Silver Flames, readers are made to believe that Nesta has given up her powers. However, I don't think she needs them. Instead, Nesta has the harp, the mask, and the crown, the dreaded trove. Dread trove? Dread trove. In fact, the final chapters of Silver Flames make it clear that no matter what, the Dread Trove cannot be hidden from Nesta. She can always summon it. In the same book, it's also suggested that there's a fourth Dread Trove item. Many believe that this is the horn the object tattooed into Bryce's back. It is then worth noting that the horn, when wielded at full power, can do anything. It can even allow someone to establish themselves as an Asteri. And here's a quote that they're referencing. The one who possesses the horn at full power can do anything. Perhaps establish themselves as an Asteri. I didn't realize it was the actual. That was Okay. Thus, if the horn is part of the Dread Trove, then logic suggests that the remaining Dread Trove items can have the exact same power. Nesta can control them and summon three of those items to their full power, giving Nesta almost godlike powers. More specifically, one of these Dread Trove items is the crown, which can harness and manipulate the power of weather. It's then interesting that SJM repeatedly describes Nesta using storm imagery, like Nesta felt a storm cloud standing amid it and a line of storms. There's a lot of silver flames more Nesta and storm. So, in fact, when Nesta threatens Tamlin, thunder starts to grumble in the sky. Then, in that final battle on Ramiel, Ramiel, someone's going to get mad at me, where Nesta faces off with Belius, lightning is mentioned multiple times. Given that Crescent City mentions a lightning god named Thur, it was this exact scene that prompted many people to theorize that Thur was connected to the Illyrians. However, what if the lightning and the thunder had nothing to do with the Illyrians, but with Nesta instead? Mm. And given the theory that Crescent City is set in the future, Akatar, the present, meaning Bryce went back in time to at the end of Hosab, and Throne of Glass is the past. Mm. So, right, we got like past Throne Part of Glass, present, yeah, yeah future. Yeah, yeah. What if Nesta's Thur then? And in future books, through the use of the Dread Trove, most notably the crown, what if Nesta will harness the power of lightning and thunder as it's foreshadowed? 
Because recall that in Crescent City 2, we see a statue of the fey male believed to be Thur, who has his hammer raised, lightning cracks as he forges a sword. Who is the only other character who raises a hammer and forges a sword? Nesta! Mm-hmm. And is it then any coincidence that the swords Nesta forges produces iridescent sparks and crackling magic? The exact same description of the star sword when Hunt filled it with his own lightning? However, you're probably thinking, but Thor's a man, likely based on Thor and the Norse storm god, and also a man. But what if history got it wrong? What if Thur was a woman? Because when you look at SJM's Pinterest board for Twilight of the Gods, her rumored next series, there's a Lady Thor. And you can't tell me that Nesta as Lady Thor, or rather Thur, is so damn fitting. And given that this theory operates on the basis that Akatar thrown a glass in Crescent City are in different timelines, this calls into question Hunt's ancestry, who also has similar, similar lightning powers. It's said repeatedly in Crescent City that Hunt looks like the statue of Thur. If Nesta is Thur, but this was twisted throughout history, replacing her with a man, what if the statue depicts Nesta and Cassian's son instead? Is that who Hunt descends from? Or his father? There's a little bit more. I mean, many readers have commented on the likeness between Hunt and Cassian. And Nesta and Cassian's bargain tattoo was the symbol of the Starborn Fae. Project Thur and the Starborn were said to be connected. Perhaps it's not out of the realm of possibility. So many thoughts. Yeah. So many thoughts. So when you were talking before you said, I was like, I've always believed that Hunt and Cassian were the same freaking individual when you think about their characterization like something about them sounds Uh the same to me in sjm's writing yeah i can see that i think maybe that must be it because the first time i read crescent city i was like these characters are just the same yeah yeah so i would not that yes also thur rhymes with her (laughs) (laughs) so i'm like oh yeah thur could be female they're like yeah it's the power of her (laughs) thur no no her Her. no no it's a man thur (laughs) But that would, you know, the one missing link mm-hmm. in this theory is the fact that if they're all different timelines and Bryce's sword is the brother or sister to Truth Teller, mm-hmm. which is in the Prithian timeline, mm-hmm. then Nesta's starborn sword that she created in theory would not necessarily be the same as what Bryce has. Because mm-hmm. she created a sword and dagger, but the sword and dagger already exist in Prithian. Yeah, that's... Like, there's a loophole right there. If that's the... If like, that's, based off of the theory. Yeah. But yeah. I do like the idea of Nesta still having very strong powers because of this dreaded trove. We also keep forgetting there is another powerful item mm-hmm. on Critea yep. that Miriam and Draken keep hidden. Yep. So that could be another trove item. Absolutely. Or it could be another horn. Oh, so many horns. My thing is, and I'm a big fan of like Hunt either being Thur or I mean, like now I'm a a fan of Hunt, like being Cassian and Nesta's child. But he he has feathered wings. Well, he could be a descendant. But I want him to be their baby. I I doubt he's their baby. No, but then that means they lost their baby. I don't want him to be their baby. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think he's a descendant. I am a big fan of descendant idea. Uh, someone is going to be someone. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's like someone's related to someone here. Right, right. Well, and to the point of like, 
Nesta has like the star, the starborn tattoo on her back because of her bargain with Cassian. Mm -hmm. Hunt's real name is Orion. Orion is a constellation made up of stars. (laughs) I don't know. There's just a lot of weird connections. There's so many weird connections and... And then, like, Reese looks like Rune, and then, like, what is that about? Mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. I fucking swear, I need this book. And why is, why is the Fey king in Lunathian the Autumn King? Why is that, like, the only... Because I think all the other kings are in other parts. Like, they have other Fey kings and of other seasons, but just are in different they? cities. Are there yeah. other se- seasons? I think so. But why is Bryce Autumn. descended of the Autumn King? Because she's related to Lucian Lucian? now. I don't know. (laughs) Everyone's Uh, related to everyone. We just need it to be June 30th of 2024. It's January. Sorry, I meant January. You just gave everyone a heart attack. (laughs) Everyone listening just like threw something at their speaker was like, what? June? In my brain. It was January. What I said, June. So we have less than a year. Yeah. How many months? I mean, as of today's recording. As of today's recording, 10. May, June, July, August, September. Oh, wait, no, hold on. Fuck. April. Start with April. Yeah. April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January. We got 10 months. Yeah. And then we'll just have more questions. She says she answers a lot. That doesn't she... mean she doesn't ask new questions. I can't handle new questions. <laughs> I can't handle living this way. You chose this life. And then you forced it on me. Damn right I did. Damn right I did. <laughs> so this comes from also all of these are from TikTok. So handle a court of thorns and rosies. Oh, yeah. You know, like she's I mean, yeah. I see her all the time. I love her. She I think her handle used to be my chemical Rosie. Oh, that's funny. That's cute. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and play the clip. I have an idea about Mama Archeron and her three baby Archerons. So if you haven't finished A Court of Thorns and Roses... Swipe away. Right off the bat, immediately suspicious that her three children, when they became fae, all had special powers. We've been over this before. What does this say about the Archeron mother? I think I think that she was fae or something akin to fae, witch, whatever, and I think she broke a bargain. That's why she died. She didn't get die of typhus or whatever it says in the book. She broke her bargain. We're going to go to Akavor. We're going to turn to page 56, where Lucian is talking about Bargains and what happens if you break them? <sighs> if they break the bargain, it will claim his own powers, maybe kill him. Magic is all about balance. It's why he couldn't interfere with your bargain with Resand. Even the person who tries to sever the bargain faces consequences. If he'd kept you here, the magic that bound you to Reese might have come to claim his life as payment for yours or the life of someone he cared about. It's old magic, old and strange. It's why we avoid bargains unless necessary. Right? Basically, you break a bargain, that old and strange magic is going to come for your life, your powers, or the life of someone that you care about. Right, now we're going to go to page 16 of Akatar. And this is Feyre talking about her mother. My mother, imperious and cold with her children, joyous and dazzling among the peerage who frequented our former estate, doting on my father, the one person she truly loved and respected. Hmm. Again, from Feyre's perspective, we see that the mother saw Nesta as some kind of social weapon. She saw Elaine as someone that she can essentially marry off one day, and she didn't really think of Feyre at all. Really, the only meaningful interaction the mother really had with Feyre was to make her promise to look after her family when she passed away. 
I think the Atran mother was a fey woman or, again, something akin to fey who made a bargain to give up something to be with Papa Atron. I think she met him, she fell in love and made a bargain so that she could stay in the human world and live as his wife and bear his children, etc. But she didn't fulfill her side of the bargain. Something happened. She didn't do it. It was probably a pretty steep price. She didn't fulfill her side of the bargain. So this old magic came for her. And not only did it take her life, but it also affected the rest of her family. Remember, Papa Artron's ships went missing. They were plunged into poverty, etc., etc. Not to mention Mama Artron being something other than human will also explain her lovely daughter's powers. So, thoughts? I've always thought Mama Artron was descended from Faye or descended yeah. from Queen Thea, right? I feel like that's like one of those things we all universally agree Universally on. accept. I do agree with the point that a lot of bad shit happens right after Mama Artron dies. Yeah. Right? With the ships and the loss of the fortune and the disabling of the father. So I like this idea of a broken bargain and the consequences of that. Yep. I love. I would love to see that come back around. The bargain would have to be something to the effect of changing her from fate to human, wouldn't it? Well, or I don't know. So I mean, I don't know. I, I I agree. I love the theory that she's that she broke a bargain, and this is where it all went tits up. I don't think it necessarily has to do with like her having been Fay, and then she wants to be with the father. I think like because the quote of like saying like that's the one person she actually loved is evidence as to why he then has everything go bad for him as well. Yeah. But I do, but I mean, we already know humans can make bargains. It's what right. Farrah, happened with Farah and Reese. Right. So maybe Mother Artron made a bargain with a Fae. Yeah. And we don't know what that bargain could be. What if that bargain involved giving up one of her daughters? And that's why she doesn't have a relationship with Farah. She had to give up Farah. Oh, like she always knew that one of her kids were going to have was going to be taken by Tamlin. No, not. But like whatever. She didn't pay the price, though. So whomever uh, she had to pay for mm-hmm. the bargain. I feel like that's giving her too much credit of wanting her kids. That's fair. I would love to know more about the bargain for yeah. sure. It, I yeah. mean, if she seems she sounds like a selfish woman. Yeah. So whatever she bargained for would have been for selfish purposes. Unless SJM wants to suddenly like bring in. She was actually a nice mother. But with I the, yeah, with what we got from Nesta, that's not that's not what I I got. Yeah, I don't envision that at all. But love this idea that she had a bargain. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes so much sense. And we don't know how she died, right? I think it's what, sick. She got sick. She got sick. Yeah. And But it's not like there was a plague going on and a bunch of people died. Mm-hmm. And it's not clear what sickness she died of. And it's not clear what her symptoms were. Mm-hmm. It's mightily suspicious yeah yeah um, these theories stress me out (laughs) (laughs) there's too many there's like i'm just like okay so like she made a bargain and it has to do with like her daughter somehow being part of the starborn and crescent city and then throne of glass what (laughs) like my head hurts yeah seriously also listener i just want to say this episode if it sounds funny if you hear background noises i apologize we can't block out the things that are happening in the apartment above us. Yep. We try. All right. Are you ready for the next one? Yep. So this is me reading. 
This is also by Emily's Theories. The theory? Elaine Archeron, Queen of Hell. Oh, what? Yep. Throughout the Akatar books, Elaine has been repeatedly connected to spring. For example, Elaine's secret is described as a promise of spring. We also know that the drawers Farah painted for each sister likely foreshadows their fate, and Elaine is covered in flowers. Thus, many people have theorized about Elaine and her link to the spring court, and have even linked her to various mythological figures. But perhaps we are overlooking one of the most obvious and most well-known spring deity, Persephone, Greek goddess of the spring and queen of the underworld. Persephone's sacred animal is the deer. Elaine is also regularly linked to a deer. Persephone is also known as the maiden. Recall that when Elaine, Nesta, and Bryolin, and one of the queens, went into the cauldron, they came out to represent the different parts of the three-faced goddess, Elaine being the maiden. Further, I have long since believed that Nesta and Elaine's powers will represent two halves of the cauldron. Nesta's power is death and destruction, and Elaine's power will be life and creation. This aligns with various tales of Persephone in which her own abilities revolve around life-giving, fertility, and growth. As even further proof on this, SJM now deleted Pinterest board for Elaine. She had multiple images of Persephone and her husband Hades, god of the dead and king of the underworld, as well as repeated imagery of like light hand reaching out to a dark hand. There's a photo. Although one could argue that this is referencing Azrael and Elaine, the same exact imagery is repeated in SJM's Pinterest board for Crescent City and the Prince of Hell. So what if Elaine's story is Persephone and Hades retelling? Although Farah and Reese's own story is said to be inspired by the same narrative, it was only subtle. But what if that's not the case for Elaine? What if, just like Persephone, she will marry the king of hell and rule their world? After all, SJM mentioned a draft series she had written called Hades, which was inspired by Greek and Roman mythology. This is much more in line with the Prince of Hell, who so far are all named after Greek mythological figures. But what if this theory is correct? It begs the question, who is Hades? Option one, Adis, or as I like to call him, Cat Daddy. <laughs> as Hades' other name is Adis or Adus. It's also interesting as the cauldron loves Elaine and purrs in her presence. Adis is a demon with cat-like presence. However, the Roman equivalent of Hades is Orcus. The name of the most powerful Valg king, and potentially the most powerful being in the entire SJM universe. I have long since believed that the prince of hell, that the princes of hell and everyone else in their world are Valg. So this brings us two options. We don't know what Orcus looks like or what his real name is. Some have theorized that he is Apollyon. Others believe he could be Koshche, or perhaps he is an entirely new figure altogether. It also makes me wonder, has Elaine already been conversing with whoever Hades is? In Akawar, Elaine states that she is always dreaming, and this dream state is described as a murky realm. Then in Hosab, we learn that Apollyon contacts Bryce and Hunt in their sleep and even tells Bryce that they are talking in a dream world. And it's also interesting that Lucian, Elaine's mate, has the power of light and fire, two things that the Valg hate. 
Perhaps that suggests that Lucian will attempt to rescue Elaine from hell. Or perhaps that the very reason Elaine is fearful of him. And maybe this suggests that the next Akatar book won't be set in Prithian at all, but in hell. After all, Bryce wasn't able to reach hell and ready the armies, but Elaine can. Because irrespective of the man and ships involved in this theory, Elaine as Persephone, as the queen of hell, would be absolutely epic. Yeah, it would. Mm-hmm. I would, uh, I, and you know what? The whole Elaine being Persephone just gives her another tie to Feyre and her mimicking Feyre. Yeah. Feyre and Reese were originally a Hades and Persephone telling a Mist and Fury. My one, one, one note to that theory. And this isn't just this theory. Like, I've seen this a lot. The reference of, like, the mother, maiden, and crone. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't, like, people put maiden to Elaine, and I don't know why. She wasn't a virgin. Nesta was. She's the maiden. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think because... That's it. Like, there, there's no... That's it. That's all. I think my... because maidens are also not just virginal, but assumed to be beautiful. And Nesta is motherly towards Elaine. I don't know. I, I'm not supporting it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to reason it. No, no, I get it. Like, there's a lot of people who point it out. I'm sure there's, like, reasons you can argue for either way. But definitely... I can I do like the idea of like she's so heavily intertwined with spring yeah what are you looking for I'm looking up the meaning of a name just a moment so I've always had a feeling so going back to this idea of Elaine being Persephone Mm -hmm. and she's often tied to the fawn or the doe yeah and then the whole idea that the imagery that SJM had on her Pinterest board for Elaine matches what she had for Crescent City Mm mm-hmm who most mimic light and dark Persephone and Hades in Crescent City? Day and night. Yeah. Lydia and Rune. Rune. Lydia is a fawn. Oh. Like her sister. Or not like her sister. She is part yeah. fawn. And Lydia means beautiful one. Oh. Like Elaine. Oh, who's considered the most beautiful sister. I think there's something connecting Elaine and Lydia. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And to me, it's the whole idea that, again, the idea of like Persephone and light and dark and I don't know. Yeah. OK. So from a writing perspective. Yes. I don't think Elaine is going to play a big part in Crescent City 3. Yeah. Not that she's not going to be in there, but I don't think she's going to come in as a heavy swing or heavy player person because that means sjm would suddenly have given her powers right and you we know haven't. like oh elaine now you're the special one yeah. now you're the the queen of hell right yeah we just got a book about i mean not just but like silver flames was all about nesta yeah. and building up her power from a writing standpoint she's already built up nesta to be a major major player So I really don't think that I don't think Elaine is going to be as vital of a role as like ending up as a king of hell or queen of hell. I agree with you. I could see, though, Crescent City 3 providing the spark for whatever sets off Elaine's story. Yes, 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 yes. Um, But I don't know what that would be. No. And I think being like her ending up being the queen of hell is like too big of a like too big of a spark to go on its own 
like anything to do with the hell realm is Crescent City world. Right. I agree with you. I, I feel like it couldn't live in Akatar because Akatar's world already is too big and too unexplored. Yeah. To also include the element of hell. Yep. Lots of unknowns. Like I said, these episodes stress me out. <laughs> yeah, they do. I'm just like, uh, I know so little. I know our listeners love these theories episodes, but it hurts me so much. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just like, I I don't know. I don't know how to help you. Yeah. I don't know how to help me. Yeah. Yeah. And I have nothing to like, I have no value to add. <laughs> it's a whole lot of like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Thank you for listening to this mini episode of Book Talk for Book Talk. We encourage you to rate and subscribe to our show on your preferred podcast listening platform. We would love to hear your thoughts based on today's conversation. You can submit your comments to our form at booktalkforbooktalk.com or via our Camflare voicemail system. Please visit booktalkforbooktalk.com for more information. You can also follow us on TikTok or Instagram at the handle booktalkforbooktalk. Bye! Bye!